Hi, I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Now, if you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of May 2022, and is once again that very special time of the month wherein we do our very special Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, what a Catching Up on Blu-ray episode format entails, um, essentially what we're going to be doing here today is uh, taking a look at the physical uh, media release calendar. Uh, so in, in this case, that would be DVDs, 4Ks, and Blu-ray discs. Uh, so we're talking movies, in case you didn't know. It is called Catching Up on Cinema, after all. Uh, and I'm just going to, you know, voice any ideas or, or opinions I might have on uh the May 2022 releases. Uh, you may have noticed already, uh, it is just me, so this is just going to be a solo Trevor uh, episode, so it's probably going to be a brief one, but uh, I'm going to do my best uh, to say a little bit about any of the titles this month uh, that catch my eye. Uh, so if you'd like to follow along with the home version of Catching Up on Blu-ray, you can do so by navigating to the lovely website uh, blu-ray.com, uh, and then navigate to the release dates page. Uh, and head over to May 2022. Uh, so again, if you're not familiar with how this works, uh, generally uh, movies, like home home releases for movies, generally drop on Tuesdays of each calendar week. Uh, so I'll be sure to call out the dates as I progress through the calendar. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started with uh, the first major release date of May 2022, which happens to be May the 3rd. Uh, so, uh, right out the gate, uh, as tends to be the case with how Blu-ray.com organizes their calendar, uh, we have our 4K releases for the week. Uh, so, our first major release happens to be uh, Turning Red on 4K. Uh, this is a Disney uh, CGI animated film. Uh, and as far as I understand, this one did quite well. Uh, I seem to recall it getting pretty good reviews. I haven't watched it myself. Uh, I've seen a few clips here and there that um, the animation looks very promising. Uh, it looks like it has some really nice uh, squishiness to it, some really good comedic timing. Um, and funny enough, like from a conceptual standpoint, uh, the first thing that of course comes to my mind, uh, being as I'm in my mid-30s now and am familiar with a lot of anime, uh, from roughly 30 years ago mostly uh the first thing that came to my mind when i saw this project announced was of course uh ranma one half uh, i think it's a uh, jumi takahashi's uh ranma one half um and as far as i re recall uh the director uh i'm gonna look them up because i actually don't know their name uh domi shi uh is the director uh they actually went on record uh saying yeah that was that was somewhat intentional. Like, in fact, there's a lot of visual references to the the, the style of of older anime. Uh, so it's probably semi autobiographical on the part of the director. Uh, I've heard good things about this one. Haven't seen it myself, but uh, wouldn't mind putting it on sometime. Uh, next up, we have uh, <laughs> a kind of a timely release, uh, at least in terms of uh, the shit talking that goes on between myself and my uh, regular co-host Kyle. Um, that would be Joe Carnahan's Smokin' Aces, with an apostrophe, not smoking, Smokin' Aces from 2006. This is, of course, directed by Joe Carnahan. And uh, if you didn't get what I was referring to there, um, basically Kyle and I mutually shit on this movie 
quite often. Uh, just within the past couple of months, I think it's come up multiple times. <laughs> but um, he and I both have a general disdain for this film. Uh, I don't, I don't begrudge Joe Carnahan as a director. Uh, in fact, I I watched uh, Cop Shop, uh, his most recent offering, uh, not too long ago, and it's it's fine. I didn't think it was as brilliant or incredibly entertaining as some of the reviews I had read for it. It does have a certified fresh uh, stamp on the cover. Um, I didn't think it was brilliant or anything, but it was it was concise and fun. Um, Smoke and Aces, on the other hand, is false prey to that that trope from like the mid 2000s or, or early 2000s where it, you get that weird feeling that it thinks it's way cooler and more clever than it actually is and it's largely represented by like all these like flashy and over-the-top characters that don't really have much they're very two-dimensional they just have like really loud costuming or really loud appearances and the trailer made it look so much more like I don't know, slam-bang action cinema than it actually ended up being. Um, fun Ben Affleck uh, sh- short cameo in there, but beyond that, I, I I don't know. I I was really mad at this movie when I first saw it, and it may not actually be as bad as I'm making it out to be. It's just I remember being really sour uh, on it when I first saw it way back in, what, 2006, 2007, around there. Um, I just think it's funny that we're suddenly getting a 4K release of that um, seemingly spawned by me and Kyle shitting on it <laughs> in public on our podcast. No, we we don't have a big enough audience to influence uh, Blu-ray distribution, unlike you know channels like YouTube channels like Red Letter Media, who it seems like uh, a few months after they review something, it ends up being put out by by Vinegar Syndrome or you know vice versa. Um, it's interesting ecosystem we have these days in terms of physical media. More and more, it seems to be a, a very, very niche thing. Um, but I'm glad we still have it. Uh, moving on down, though, we have uh, yet another uh, DC animated film. Uh, so that would be DC Comics, as in, you know, Superman, Batman. It's a Warner Brothers animation offering of uh, Constantine, uh, The House of Mystery. Uh, I haven't watched any of their Constantine offerings. In fact, I haven't watched a DC animated film uh, in quite a long time. Um, I I basically just kind of walked away from them. And as far as I keep hearing, there hasn't been a truly exceptional one among them in quite some time. So until I until I hear like some really good word of mouth about like a truly exceptional uh, DC animated film, uh, I probably won't be coming back to the to the format for quite some time. Um, we have a Liam Neeson action film that uh, got some truly awful reviews as far as I know. Uh, I heard it's, it's just utterly vanilla. Like it, it has just no creativity or passion behind it. It, it is a, it, it's a dad action film. Like it, it's, it's exactly what you would expect it to be. It's, uh, this would be a black light from 2022. This is a universal disc. Um, yeah, I, I was somewhat curious about this just because there was that, that stretch of time where I, was, I actually was kind of all in on, on Liam Neeson punching people movies. But I think, uh, I think we, I don't know if he ever jumped the shark. I don't know if his knees were ever up to the task, but uh, I, I want to say that the, the wave has crested. Um, but, oh, funny fun fact, uh, Aiden Quinn is listed among the cast, so I guess that's a little bit of a reunion between the two of them because if memory serves they were in uh, unknown together which uh 
funny enough, happens to be probably one of the le- like one of the lowest of low tier uh, Liam Neeson punches people movies uh, from from that wonderful period of uh, of action cinema. Um, not a big fan of Unknown, uh, but there are, I I do actually defend quite a few of those movies. I do think there are some gems among them. Like I, I'm partial to to Run All Night. Uh, Taken One is you know there's a reason it created a whole like well kind of rebirthed a whole, a whole new subgenre um when it came out um but yeah run all night probably gets like um, some of my highest marks among those movies um beside that we have uh tom clancy's how long has tom clancy been dead uh tom clancy's without remorse tom clancy exists uh, in 2022 as a brand um and nothing else um <laughs> that puts out video games and apparently still movies to this day. But uh, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse from 2021. Uh, this is a Paramount Pictures release, but I know it mostly as a film that I think debuted on uh, Amazon's streaming service, so Amazon Prime. Uh, I watched it, and I was re- I was deeply unimpressed by it. Like, Michael B. Jordan seems like he's invested in his performance, but the 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 story the progression of things even some of the action scenes are fairly boilerplate uh, by today's standards like it it has enough material to make a good trailer uh, which is how they got me to watch it um, but those those like tiny little nuggets of creativity in like the action design and whatnot that you can bear witness to in those trailers. Um, there's really nothing beyond that. Like it, it doesn't expand outward from there. Like you don't get any truly knockout sequences in there, and nor is it like an exceptionally like brutal or, or ultra realistic uh, military action film. So it's like, in terms of finding its identity or finding its niche in a very crowded market, like a very crowded action genre, that would be like the military actioner. Um, I don't know that it succeeds on that front. So I, I didn't get much out of it, but, you know, we seem to be getting movies of this ilk every three months or so. So it's it, it I, I hate to say it's probably just going to end up being a fart in the wind. Um, we have Paris When It Sizzles from 1964. I'm just going to check real quick, see if this had a uh, previous Blu-ray release. Um, doesn't look like it did. Maybe in the form of an Audrey Hepburn box set. Um, but this is a another Paramount Pictures release. Uh, not a film that I'm familiar with, but I'm sure somebody out there, some uh, Hepburn heads out there, will probably want to gobble this one up. Uh, we have The Outfit from 2022. Uh, looks like Mark Rylance is our uh, headliner for this one. It's directed by Graham Moore. Uh, I'm just going to read the plot summary because I'm surprised I hadn't heard of this one. Uh, the film follows Leonard, an English tailor who used to craft suits on London's world-famous Sav- Savile Row. But after a personal tragedy, he's ended up in Chicago, operating a small tailor shop in a rough part of town where he makes beautiful clothes for the only people around who can afford them. A family of vicious gangsters. Uh, I'd have to watch a trailer and maybe do a little bit more digging, but from a conceptual standpoint, I'm in. That sounds kind of neat to me. Um, Bopping on down, what else we got? Uh, (laughs) Wow, Uh, Sacco and Vanzetti from 1971. Um, Now... This is a film that I don't, I know fuck all about. Um, I'll go ahead and read the plot summary because I, I would assume you, dear listener, would probably be in the same boat as myself. Uh, the story of two anarchists who were charged and unfairly tried uh, for murder when it was really for their political convictions. Uh, 
Okay, I did know that much, but beyond that, I don't know shit about this movie. However, I there is uh, there is a way that I am familiar with this movie, and it comes in the form of a uh, a piece of the soundtrack. Um, there's a song uh, from this film uh, that was featured prominently in uh, Hideo Kojima's uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, or uh, maybe it was Ground Zeroes. Uh, so it's, it was either the Phantom Pain or Ground Zeroes, or probably both, honestly. Uh, but the the anthem that plays at the end of the song, uh, it's uh, by Joan Baez. Um, super repetitive, but completely lovely. Like, I, I truly enjoy that song. Um, and I was introduced to it through fucking Metal Gear. <laughs> um, but that that's that's how I, I'm familiar with this movie, is that I, I did a little bit of research and discovered, oh, this really cool song comes from this probably somewhat obscure film. Um, not going to be buying it or anything, but I just figured I'd share that. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, we have a film called Gagarin or Gagarine. Uh, this is from Cohen Media Group. Uh, it's from 2020. Um, Yuri fights to save his hometown, which he shares with his namesake, Yuri Gagarin uh, from Demolition. Um, can't really glean much from that, but uh, the, the cover is somewhat eye-catching, uh, mostly because it's from Cohen Media Group, and they have that uh, kind of like orange Pac-Man-shaped uh, thing kind of surrounding the cover art for their films. Uh, we have Dinosaur World from 2020. Uh, this is from Shout Factory, and uh, I have to assume that this is probably like a, a, a what do you call it, a mockbuster or whatever, kind of like... Uh, probably playing up the uh, or playing to you know people that were anticipating the release of Jurassic World Dominion or something. Uh, know nothing about it, but uh, they actually pa- they actually paid someone at least five dollars to design the cover art. So good on them. They may actually get some Redbox rentals out of that one. Um, and beside that, we actually have the rare uh, contemporary uh, Japanese animation title that I very well may pick up. Um, I haven't read any reviews, unfortunately, so I don't know if it's actually good. Uh, but from a conceptual standpoint, I was actually intrigued by the premise of this one. So this is called Obsolete, and I believe this uh, actually began life as a uh, strictly like online streaming or like original net animation, I think is what they call it. Back in the day, they, they called it original video animation for direct-to-video animated titles, but these days... Uh, they do it in more of a, like an on-demand format, so it's original net animation, so O-N-A. Um, this is this is, involves mechs. I'm really I'm really into mecha animation and just like I don't know people in humanoid robot machines and stuff. It's it's just I'm a I'm a complete and total mark for that subject matter. And uh, while I'm not a complete mark for uh, the CGI animation utilized for the mecha animation in this series. Um, the designs are, are interesting to me. There's, there's a lot of novelty factor in seeing semi-practical mecha designs, uh, because it's not something you see all the time. In fact, I, I imagine it's somewhat risky because they're not toyetic. Um, so, so like Gundam and, and like Macross and like all of your more, more popular mainstream mecha anime have the benefit of having that toyetic aesthetic to them where it's like, you could very easily translate a lot of these mechanical designs into toys or model kits, which ultimately, as far as I understand, are where all the profits are are reaped for for a lot of these animated 
projects rather than ratings and such or blu-ray sales for that matter um but having these like ultra practical mecha designs probably prevents them from being able to cash in on you know the youth market and whatnot or even like any sort of toy manufacturing market so it's probably risky but it's and as a result it's something that's somewhat rare uh, which from from my standpoint makes it you know precious uh, so it's enough for me to be curious i don't know if i'll run out and buy it but it has been on my radar for a couple years now uh, and i'm kind of surprised frankly to see it get a uh, domestic american release but um by the way uh on the subject of uh, Japanese animation, um, there are a shit ton of anime titles that get put out from month to month. Uh, so um, traditionally, when we're when we or I are running through the the Blu-ray release calendar, uh, it's pretty common for us to gloss over a lot of them. So, dear listener, if we skip over like your your favorite anime title that's getting a physical media release uh, this month. Uh, it's not because uh, it's not because we have any personal problem with you. It's just because um, you know there's too damn many, and I'm not familiar with what which ones are really big fucking deals and which ones aren't. So I'll call out the ones that mean something to me. But beyond that, a lot of them are going to get glossed over. Uh, so for me personally, I think that's about it uh, for that first week of May. Uh, so I'm going to bop on down to the following week. That would be uh, May 10th. Um, so again, as is customary, we begin things with our 4K releases for the month. Uh, and the first major release is a, a film that very recently was reviewed on uh, my good buddy Brad, the CinemaSpeak uh, podcast. Uh, Brad is who I usually do these episodes with, but he did a full-length review of this film. That would be Uncharted uh, on 4K. This is, of course, a Sony film. In fact, it's such a Sony film that's directed by the same fucking guy who did uh, Venom. Um, I actually have played, uh, three of the Uncharted games, so that would be the PS3 era of the franchise. Uh, never did the PS Vita, uh, I have never advanced beyond the PS3 in terms of console ownership, so I haven't been, uh, privy, uh, to any of the titles released beyond that. I think there was only the one, maybe some DLC, but, uh, Uncharted 4, uh, was a PS4 release, and like I said, there may have been an additional DLC for that one, but... Um, what I'm trying to get at here is that I actually do have somewhat of a connection to the video game franchise. So, um, unfortunately that, that didn't really sit well with me in terms of seeing this be adapted to film. And I think a a big part of that just comes from how damn cinematic the games already are. It's like the, my gut reaction to just the, the announcement of an uncharted live action film was just like, why <laughs> because like it, it, from from my standpoint it's like that the the games already do a very very good job of feeling like like a, a national treasure meets indiana jones kind of mashup treasure hunt adventure film like kind of feel in fact there's there's a lot of interactive interactive cutscenes in those games that from a technical standpoint are, are just I don't know, mesmerizing in such a way that's like I don't I don't know if this would play better if you take like the the controller out of the hand of the of the you know the user experience. Um, I have no plans to watch this because of that. Like I'm I'm a lifelong video game player. I <laughs> I hate using the word gamer, but I guess I am because I have been playing since you know the eight bit Nintendo days, um, and continue to to this day. Uh, 
but yeah, th- this is not a movie that I, I felt any sort of need to run out and watch. Like I was curious again, just because the, like this is this is a subgenre of film that that was born in my lifetime, like the the video game movie, um, beginning with the Super Mario Brothers movie. But um, not many of them are good, uh, so I they often carry that stigma already. Um, but this this just stands as one of those projects that's like I really don't know why. I just don't know why like like it it's it's weird to me and also even from a casting standpoint it's like tom holland and marky mark like what <laughs> it's like i don't have a i don't have any problem with either of them it's just it's like did, that's not really what i pictured but you know I'm, I'm sure they did fine anyway moving on uh we have a 4k box set of the alfred hitchcock classics collection volume two uh so this includes uh, multiple titles, including Saboteur, Shadow of a, da- Shadow of a Doubt, uh, The Trouble with Harry, Marnie, and Family Plot. Uh, I have not seen any of these, but uh, again, my uh, oftentimes co-host for a Blu- uh, Catching Up on Blu-ray, uh, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he owns most of these films in some capacity, or at least has seen them. Uh, so maybe you go poke him if you want an opinion about some of these. Uh, beside that, uh, we have a couple of major, uh, well, a trio, actually, of major Blu-ray releases, or 4K releases, rather. Um, and I believe, uh, I don't know if they're debuting, but these are uh, individual releases, so it's kind of a big deal for anybody who like has favorites. Uh, that would be some of the Jurassic Park films on 4K, uh, so that would be the original Jurassic World and uh, The Lost World, as well as Jurassic Park 3. It looks like we're basically putting out the entire franchise on 4K prior to the release of Jurassic World Dominion, which, uh, as Kyle and I had uh, gone on record saying, uh, has some truly awful trailers, but, you know, trailers are not representative of the the final product. But um, I already have uh, at least, I think, three of the Jurassic Park films on Blu-ray, and then... uh, I think I the only one I have on 4K is Fallen Kingdom, which is kind of weird because I'm not a huge fan of that movie. However, from a visual standpoint, I will, I, I I can testify that you know the the 4K quality is quite good, and I would imagine that's the case with all these discs. Um, it's gonna be a bit, it's gonna be a minute, uh, before I you know double dip and uh, upgrade those discs. But uh, Jurassic Park is wonderful. It's of course it's like the favorite movie of practically an entire generation, uh, probably myself included. That's not true, but it's, it's, it's up there. It's in my top five probably. Um, so these are maybes for me in terms of purchases. Uh, we have the ghost and the darkness, uh, from 1996 from shout factory. Uh, I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure movie for myself, but, uh, this movie's fun. Like I, uh, Brad, uh, coined the phrase, uh, at least, to my knowledge, he coined the phrase uh, "eat 'em up" films. Um, I call them like animal attack films, but I've I've since adopted his terminology. "Eat 'em up" just works too well. Uh, I'm a big sucker for animal attack movies or animals on the loose movies, and uh, this this movie's about uh, some people uh, in Africa trying to build a railroad, but uh, they have these two man-eating lions that keep harassing them and slowing down the construction process. It's apparently somewhat based on a true story. Uh, I seriously doubt a lot of the things that happened in this movie actually happened, but the the idea, like the 
the idea of man-eating lions uh, attacking a railroad construction crew like i'm sure that is true um i enjoy this movie uh, it's a fun one uh in fact i i may actually buy this one like just just for funsies because i haven't seen this one in a very long time but it's kind of cool seeing it get a blu-ray release uh similarly uh we have cursed uh wes craven's uh cursed uh also being put out by shout factory this is of course from 2005 uh this is a very very solid uh werewolf movie uh with christina ricci i believe in the leading role uh also kevin williamson serving as writer uh, he was kind of a big deal um, continues to be as far as I understand, but he also worked with Wes Craven on the Scream series. Um, this one I know is highly anticipated for, you know, Wes Craven fans out there. So I'm sure this one will do quite well from a sales standpoint, not one that I'm going to be picking up, but again, similar to the ghost in the darkness, it's just kind of cool that we're getting it. Um, funny enough, we also have the cursed from 2021, uh, that's being put out by decal releasing and whoa, that is a interesting cover it's eye-catching um i don't know if this is a spoiler but i i seem to remember this being marketed as potentially a werewolf film i don't know if that's true or not but it, it is marketed as such so we have cursed and the cursed coming out on the same fucking day uh, i would not be surprised if the west craven one outsells this one just because you know that name does carry quite a bit of weight and i seem to re- recall the cursed kind of flying in under the radar uh, i actually was somewhat intrigued by the marketing for it um i may rent that one or if it drops on a streaming service or something i'll check it out but i'm <laughs> i'm not opening my wallet for that shit uh we got uh, a 3d a supervision 3d release of treasure of the four crowns uh this is a kino disc uh, and it looks like it probably is a in good old-fashioned 3d I, I don't know if it comes with the goggles or whatnot um but i don't know this film i'm kind of surprised like a lot of these kind of like schlocky 3d titles from the 80s from the early 80s like a lot of those ones pop up on my radar from time to time but this is actually a new one to me uh we have uh tanning manham in a uh, dog from 2022 uh tanning manham is code for uh, channing tatum by the way uh, I know sh- I know fuck all about this movie, but uh, anytime I see a movie a movie involving a dog, I'm like I there there's that website or whatever um, that tells you if if the animal dies in the film uh, or if animals come to harm in a film. I hate to say it, but this movie seems like a candidate for maybe having an entry on that website. I don't know what that says about me, but uh, my my radar is flashing about this one. Uh, we have a couple of, uh, oh, uh, never mind. Um, basically, we also have individual 4K releases for all of the uh, Alfred Hitchcock box set uh, titles that I had rattled off earlier. Um, we have our first Criterion release for the month of May 2022. That would be Mr. Klein from 1976. Um, and this is directed by uh, Joseph Losey. And uh, I'll just go ahead and read the plot description. Uh, In wartime Paris, an art dealer's life is thrown into disarray when the authorities suspect he might be Jewish. Whoa, sounds intense. Um, Some of the photography here in the uh, Blu-ray.com profile for the disc uh, looks very compelling, though. Uh, I may have to keep my eye out for that one. Um, We have two for the money. Uh, from Shout Factory. This is part of their Shout Select series. This is uh, Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, and Rene Russo and my boy Armand Asante. 
and Jeremy Piven and Jamie King from 2005. Who directed this? Uh, DJ Caruso. This is one of those movies I remember seeing like pop up on cable all the time, like you know the HBOs, the Encores, the Stars, one of those. I've I've never watched it, and I I know fuck all about it. But that <laughs> that's just one of those titles that would have been used at some point. Like it didn't have to be an Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey movie. Somebody was gonna call something two for the money. Um. Oh, beside that one, uh, we have a movie that I don't know anything about, but I am actually very excited to check out. Uh, I may, I don't know if I'll buy this one, but I really, really want to watch this. Uh, that would be the beta test from 2021. Uh, this is from, this is being put out by IFC Films. Uh, and the reason why I'm really excited to check this one out is because this is from director slash writer slash star Jim Cummings, uh, who gave us The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which ended up being one of Kyle and I's, uh, my regular co-host Kyle, it ended up being the two of us, like one of our favorite movies i think we reviewed that year when it dropped um it was kind of we checked it out kind of on a lark and it ended up being just a really good one we 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 did it as part of like a a december review where kyle wanted to do uh kind of like christmassy or wintertime themed uh, horror films for the month of december that year um that ended up being like one of the standouts that we talked about that month um so jim cummings like ever since then has been thoroughly on my radar um, and this is his latest offering. I'll just go ahead and read the uh, plot summary here. A married Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying, infidelity, and digital data. Um, I don't know how much I got from all that, but the digital data part might scare Kyle off. He is he's not a big fan of like ultra contemporaries, like social media slash internet films. Uh, he finds that the... Uh, the technology ends up dating the films very quickly, uh, but I don't know. The Jim Cummings and the the uh, the certified fresh stamp elements may may be con- may be enough to convince him to join me in a watch of that one. So uh, I'm really excited that this is out and available now. Um, bopping on down, uh, we do have a uh, a retro anime title that I can say a little something about. That would be Megazone Two Three. Uh, on uh, our most recent Tales from the Shelf episode, um, Lean and Juicy uh, was the theme. So uh, Brad and I, uh, Brad again from the Cinema Speak podcast, uh, we are talking about films or uh, discs that we have that uh, have run times of 90 minutes or less, i.e. Lean and Juicy. Uh, so I did what I do and I cheated a little bit and I brought up the concept of a uh, Japanese OVAs, so that would be anime titles or uh, that uh, fall under the category of original video animation, which in, a, in our terms, I guess, translates to direct video animation. Um, a lot of those tend to be under 90 minutes. It's kind of a, I don't know, a subgenre of media that doesn't really exist so much anymore, um, but it had a, a big boom period in the 80s uh, through like the mid 90s and as it so happens this title here megazone 2-3 uh, is often regarded as one of the very first of its kind one of the very first ova series uh, there are three parts that i know of um, i actually purchased this disc already i haven't watched it yet but uh, a good friend of mine who i uh, served as best best man at his wedding uh, he uh, he was the one that turned me on to it way back in like high school i think his dad introduced him to it uh, so I was really shocked to see this one get a domestic U.S. release through Animego. 
uh, who do very, very good work, by the way, in terms of like restoration and subtitle quality. Um, so this desk, this disc is already in my backlog queue. I'm very excited to check it out. Um, we have Cinderella from 1977. This is from Full Moon Features, um, and it looks like uh, looks like this one might be kind of racy. <laughs> uh, the cover definitely looks of its time, but I, I've never heard of that one before. Um, oh, beside that, we have a Blu-ray release of a title that once again. Uh, I talked about with uh, Brad from the Send of a Speak podcast. In fact, I was on his show to talk about this film. That would be Clean from 2020. Uh, this was directed by Paul Solette uh, and written and starring, written by and starring Adrian Brody. But mo- most, most importantly, uh, and not nearly advertised enough, the soundtrack for this film was composed by one Brody Beats, uh, which happens to be uh, Adrian Brody's. Uh, alias i guess as a musician so brody beats uh, that's the true selling point for clean this movie was all right uh that's really all i have to say about it but i uh, definitely check out the episode that i did over at brad's show uh, we had a we had a lot of fun talking about it uh, regardless of the overall quality of the film um we have yet another uh re-release of top gun on blu-ray because top gun maverick uh of course came out in theaters this month of uh, may 2022 uh, we have Son of Samson from 1960. This is a Kino disc. Looks like it has a fancy slipcover. Um, what else we got here? We have Aha! The movie from 2021. Uh, f- this is being put out by Lightyear. Um, who it looks like they have an extraordinarily limited catalog in terms of discs they put out. A lot of them <laughs> uh, look like straight up shitty uh, zombie films. I think that might be no that's not tom jane that's just someone who has sideburns that happens to look a little bit like tom jane um yeah uh this is unexpected um but it looks like it's probably some form of profile about the band aha from last year uh didn't see that one coming uh we have pushing hands from 1992 this is being put out by film movement um this is a a very very early uh ang lee film um i i've heard it has a very very good reputation uh, we have The Killer Elite from 1975. This is being put out by Ronin Flicks. And if memory serves, uh, you can get it like through their website directly. But um, in other locations, I think the official like street date for this one is... I, th- I think it may have been pushed back to like June or something. Um, but The Killer Elite is a Sam Peckinpah film starring James Caan and uh, Robert Duvall. Um, I am going to buy this. Uh maybe through directly through the website or whenever i can find it out on the street but uh i don't know that this movie has the best of reputations but for whatever reason this was a movie that my dad talked to me about a lot when i was young um and i never forgot it but i've never seen it uh so i i really would like to track this one down just to see what my dad was droning on and on about because he he apparently liked this movie so i i'll that's all the excuse I need to run out and check it out. Plus, Sam Peckinpah, you know, he's he's kind of a good filmmaker. He's made a lot of movies that I really, really like. Uh, again, I don't know that this is regarded as one of his better efforts, but it's it's one that my dad apparently liked. So um, we got a Shutter original series. Uh, if Brad was here, I would poke him about if he'd seen this or not. Uh, this is Behind the Monsters, season one. Um, and it looks like 
this is a series profiling probably like franchise horror characters yeah uh examines horror icons who have broken free of the confines of the film from which they were born and become the stuff of legend of very interesting the timing of that release because uh just so happens kyle uh, Kyle and i had talked quite a bit about that concept about like a potentially like a villainous character like a slasher movie character uh becoming more popular than than the franchise itself uh if you if you're not aware kyle and i had talked about the most recent texas chainsaw massacre and scream films um we have a title called exposure from 2018 uh the cover art makes it look like it's from 1983 but apparently this is from 2018 and this is from scream team releasing uh who it looks like they deal in a probably ultra low budget schlock um they do have a somewhat extensive catalog uh bong of the living dead is in there by the way Uh, that's part of their catalog so i can't i can't speak to the quality of this film but the cover art looks like it was intentionally designed to be evocative of stuff from the early 80s or something uh we have wwe colon wrestlemania 38 uh from 2022 being put out on blu-ray so that would be both nights of the live event uh, live service event is what they call it now Uh, in my day it was called a pay-per-view these days it's a live service event uh i watched uh wrestlemania 38 with the girlfriend uh, over a period of two months i think it i think it took us like two months or a month and a half to get through all of that which tell what that tells you is one uh it's it's Sometimes it's hard to sit down to have movie time with with the girlfriend. And uh, two, WrestleMania is too goddamn long. Um, oh, uh, we have another uh, anime title that I can say a little something about. Uh, a very little something about. Um, we have Turn A Gundam, the movies. Uh, so these would be, I think, two. Uh, not, I mean, they are feature length, but these are compilation films. So they're taking an entire, like, 50 episodes. 50 episode television series and condensing it into two feature length animated films um, which is not the best way to experience the story but if you're like me and you're you have a severe allergy to to long form media um this is actually a more attractive option i'm not big on the idea of watching a whole 50 episode series uh without the assurance that it's going to be worth my time Uh, so i'd much rather just watch two you know probably not very good movies instead uh i don't know what that says about me but that's just how it is um turn a gundam uh, i'm a i'm a mark for for gundam i'm a huge fan uh not necessarily of the stories or the characters anything like that it's just the world i just like the mechanics and the politics of all things of the gundam series uh this one occupies a, an odd place in the timeline um, and in fact, that extends to its its place in the timeline, like the real life timeline of the franchise in the form of it coming out in like, I think it was 1999 or the early 2000s, which is a very weird time for Gundam. Um, as far as I know, this, this series continues to be highly underappreciated. Um, I don't really have much of a connection to it, um, but it's a it's very it's very important uh being as it's a product of the original gundam creator's hand uh, his creative hand that's uh, be yoshiyuki tomino um it's not every day that he returns to the franchise to to 
give a new offering and this was one of them and uh also it's it marks the first instance of uh outsourcing the the mechanical designs uh to a, a non-japanese source to like a non-in-house source uh, in this case they went with sid mead uh, who is a you know like a, a futurist concept artist who's contributed to so much of uh, the most popular sci-fi we've we've had over the decades. Um, so the Gundam that you see in this series was designed by the the guy who worked on fucking Blade Runner and stuff, among many 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 other projects. Um, so it has a very unique look to it. Um, I'm very very excited to check this out. Uh, just because I've, I've always heard it's it's actually very very good it just came out at the wrong time and just didn't didn't find an audience at the time but you know it's now 2022 we're 20 years removed from its original release date so maybe now is the time for it to to find a new to gain an audience anew um i think that's about all i have to say about that week so let's bop on down to the next week uh, may 17th 2022 uh, we have it, well, a, kind of a big deal. Uh, we have on 4K, uh, Escape from New York, 1981. This would be John Carpenter's film, uh, Escape from New York. Um, this movie, I don't know what it is. It, it's, it has a wonderful vibe to it. Um, but in terms of like the actual content, I feel like it. You maybe I saw it at the wrong time in my life, but I like really, really wanted it to be an action film, but it doesn't have the budget or the capability to offer that. But like now as an adult, like looking back, it's like, you know, that's that movie like just has a nice vibe to it. It's like, I, I don't even know that I would like be super engaged in the film itself, but just like having it on in the background and having the sights and sounds play out on my TV just seems like it would be really cozy. Uh, I don't have an especially strong affinity for this film. I know it's massively influential. Um, I, I love the soundtrack for it personally, especially the opening title. I mean, that's the most iconic track from it. I love a lot of the creativity involves like in stretching the budget and make making something out of nothing. Uh, there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff uh, in the production that's, that's highly evident just in a casual viewing of it. Um, but in terms of like, I don't know, thrills or anything like that. I feel like it's kind of, it's not necessarily boring. It's just like, it's kind of flat for me. Um, so I have a weird relationship with Escape from New York, but it it is a highly influential, awesome movie unto, it, unto itself. It's just maybe not my favorite Carpenter film. Um, beside that, we have uh, a Vestron video release, which uh, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast, uh, he's made it his, his life's goal, uh, among many others, I hope. Um, to collect all of the Vestron video releases, regardless of their quality or what they may be. Um, so he undoubtedly has already picked this one up. So this is Extreme Prejudice from 1987. Dig that cover art, by the way. Um, this stars Nick Nolte and features Powers Booth and Michael Ironside, as well as Rip Torn and Clancy fucking Brown. Holy shit. Not only that, folks. Directed by Walter Hill. I may have to buy this movie. Like, I'm not a Vestron video collector, uh, but I, all those names I just rattled off to y'all, um, damn, that's that's it's like a fucking murderer's row of, of top quality character actors from the 80s. Uh, plus, we have Nick Nolte brandishing a shotgun on the cover, and it's directed by Walter fucking Hill. Um, the man knows uh, 
a grim and gritty action. I'll just say that much. So um, I, I'll have to ask Brad about this one. Like if he likes it, like if he gives it a, a two thumbs up, I, I may run out and grab this one. Uh, stay tuned. Um, we have The Man Who Shot Liberty Vance from 1962. This is part of the Paramount Presents collection. Uh, this is the 31st entry in that, that catalog. Uh, we have Beverly Hills Cop 2 on 4K from 1987. This is the 35th anniversary edition. And uh, this was directed by one Tony Scott, uh, who, as far as I can tell, at least in my corner of the Twitterverse, uh, holy shit, Tony Scott is having like a, a one hell of a posthumous comeback like like people are rediscovering this guy and it's kind of a shame because like you should never have to rediscover tony scott the guy did some amazing stuff he made some really awesome movies um but i'm i'm happy to hear that he's you know gaining a new audience so long after his passing um but yeah beverly hills cop is a it's a quality sequel uh, it's a it's a little more action heavy a little bit more violent as you would expect from a tony scott film but Good old Axel Foley, man. Uh, good times. Uh, I still have yet to see Beverly Hills Cop 3, but uh, the first two I quite enjoy. Um, beside that, we have only on Blu-ray, not on 4K, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest offering, Licorice Pizza from 2021. Uh, I have heard very divisive reviews for this film. I'm not entirely sure where that stems from. However, uh, I'm a very, very big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA, if you will. Um, so this is thoroughly on my radar, and I will be watching it. It's just a matter of when. Um, so make it that what you will. Uh, we have on 4K The Craft from 1996. Uh, this would be the high school witchcraft film. Uh, kind of a big deal. I know this one has a on a, a pretty pretty large cultural footprint. Uh, a lot of a lot of 90s kids really love this movie. Um, I'm familiar with this movie. I've seen it a couple times. I like this movie. Um, but it's not something I need to own on 4k, but, uh, it was, it was, and continues to be kind of a big deal. Uh, beside that, we have top secret from 1984. Uh, I think this may have been one of Val Kilmer's very first leading roles. Uh, this is like a spy, uh, parody film. Um, as far as I understand, it is, it is a really good underappreciated parody film, uh, I haven't seen it myself, but it, it was put on my radar uh, by the uh, Red Letter Media crew. Like, they did an episode about this one, and uh, I'm a really big fan of the Zucker Brothers style, and this is indeed a Zucker Brothers film, um, plus the inclusion of Val Kilmer and, uh, I don't know, the the mark of quality, uh, the stamp of quality given by the Red Letter Media people uh, kind of put this one on my radar as well. So, um been looking for an excuse to watch it and uh, i don't know that i would run out and just blind buy it um but I, it it's one of those movies i keep in the back of my mind uh we have a blu-ray release of uh, femme fatale which i think may be debuting on the format uh this is a brian de palma film from 2002 i'm trying to remember what the what the de palma film was that like kind of killed his his standing in hollywood i want to say it may have been this one because a friend of mine is a, a really big De Palma head. I, I kind of am too. I haven't seen all of his movies, but um, I find him as a person to be very fascinating. And all the movies of his that I've seen have something about them that makes them special and makes them noteworthy. But I seem to remember like a movie around the 2000s that my friend was telling me about that like just kind of totally 
totally shat the bed for him like 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 it really killed his standing in hollywood and as like ever since then he's kind of been floundering somewhat but um can't speak to the quality of that one but it's now out on blu-ray uh, we have an arrow release of girls night out uh spelt incorrectly good job um this one i guess the gimmick is that there's a, a slasher in a bear suit uh a killer wearing a dancing bear suit stalks a variety of cheerleaders during an all-night scavenger hunt at a remote Ohio college. Classy. Uh, solid cover art. Uh, reminds me of, I don't know, what, the the mental health uh, cover art. Uh, <laughs> I think there's also like an axe murder movie also put out by uh, Arrow that bears a similar look to this one. Um, we have Infinite on 4K. Um, this is directed by Antoine Fuqua. This this is uh, from Paramount from 2021. This is headlined by Marky Mark. Also has Chiwetel Ejiofor. And uh, wow, I have heard some shit about this movie. Like, like I have heard some of the stinkiest of stinky reviews uh, regarding this film, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, Marky Mark isn't really a big deal to me. Like, I don't have a problem with the guy, but he's not, he's not going to, like, put my ass in the seat um but Antoine Fuqua like his his filmography is kind of a little bit all over the place honestly in terms of overall quality but he had a stretch there where he was doing a lot of really solid genre work like kind of kind of similar to Jomé Colette Seurat where it's like taking pretty I don't know basic ideas and putting putting in a little bit of extra effort to make it you know exceptional to some degree um but i guess that didn't that is not the case with infinite uh, i've heard nothing but awful things about this one as far as i recall it also debuted on uh, paramount plus um where it was not viewed by many people um yeah unfortunate i i usually show up for anton fuqua action films but uh this one it's just like no i i I, I don't need that um we have a japanese animated title uh, bell from 2021 which uh, i've seen a couple of clips from looks to be uh visually astounding uh from mamoru hosoda by the way uh let's actually take a look i don't that's not a household name for me oh yes it is uh, i recognize them now uh so uh hosoda also did mirai uh, which means future uh the boy and the beast wolf children summer wars uh no wait yeah summer wars and the girl who leapt through time as well as uh probably a chapter of the digimon movie from the year 2000 um so not really a selling point for me in terms of like the director's background like none of those projects are particularly special to me i've only seen one or two of them um but yeah, I've heard this is really visually incredible, but um, from a conceptual standpoint, um, actually I've heard it's a, not a letdown, but it's like one of those things that probably could, they could have gone a little bit further with some of the ideas, but um, not one that I'm ever really going to bother with, but uh, probably a big deal, uh, probably a, a very high profile anime release for the fanatics out there, uh, or the otaku, if you will. Uh, we have Without Warning from 1980 which is a Kino disc, uh, starring Jack Palance and Martin Landau. Um, this film I am only aware of because of um, Brandon Tenold, uh, his YouTube account, where he does uh, shitty B-movie reviews. Uh, this movie like looks delightfully awful. 
Um, not in the way that I would be like interested in picking up a copy of it, but uh, this does look like a you know beers with the friends kind of movie. I, I I don't drink, so I guess I could watch my friends drink beer and shit talk this movie, and maybe that would be fun. But who knows? Um, we have Violent City, 1970. Uh, this is also a uh, Kino disc. Uh, this appears to be an extraordinarily Italian venture, uh, which happens to be headlined by one Charles Bronson. And uh, interesting, we have both Telly Savalas as well as George Savalas. Who loves you, baby? Um, kind of cool cover. I dig it. Uh, we got a Criterion release of The Funeral. Uh, this is a film from Juzo Itami uh, that I remember watching way back in the day for, I think it was one of my classes or something, either in high school or college. This movie's delightful. Uh, if memory serves, uh, Itami was the same director of uh, Tampopo. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but also may have been... Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, Tampopo and A Taxing Woman. I was talking to Brad about this guy not too long ago, um, largely because I was discussing the director and his uh, propensity for uh, procedurals, um, take, taking like a... I don't know, a very specific practice and expanding on it and making that the core of a narrative because Tom Popo is, of course, about uh, creating the perfect bowl of ramen and a taxing woman and its sequel are about fucking tax audits. And somehow this guy takes those extraordinary... Well, I don't know, ramen seems like it would be fun no matter how you slice it. But tax auditing... I'm sorry, that's an incredibly dry subject matter, but somehow he turned it into a delightful pair of movies. Um, whoa! He was also involved in a, in some capacity in the the uh, production of Sweet Home, uh, which of course was the uh, film that also had a Famicom a video game adaptation, which would kind of serve as the groundwork for the Resident Evil video game franchise. Uh, connections, revolutions. Um, yeah, uh, the funeral's wonderful. Check it out. Uh, I don't know if I'll run out and buy this Criterion disc, but I. This is actually one of the few Criterion films I've seen before it came out as part of the Criterion Collection. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, we have, uh, now for something completely different, uh, we have Wormwood, colon, Apocalypse from 2021. This is from Decal releasing. Uh, the only reason I'm highlighting this one, oh, by the way, Decal, uh, they have a pretty solid uh, catalog. Um, looks like Spencer, that would be the Kristen Stewart film. Um, as well as Pig and Titan, uh, as well as the recent Pleasure film, uh, are all part of their catalog. Oh, holy shit, and Mass, uh, which as far as I know was uh, one of Brad uh, from the Cinema Speak podcast, like one of his top films from the year of its release. Uh, so amongst all that, though, they also found room for Wormwood Apocalypse, which... Uh, from what I understand, is a sequel to a film simply called Wormwood, which is kind of like uh, Mad Max meets uh, The Walking Dead or Night of the Living Dead. Just Mad Max with zombies. Um, the cover art for that one, as well as some of the costuming and stuff, uh, the original Wormwood, that is, looked like a lot of fun. I, I just never really dug deeper than that, uh, so I, I haven't seen it. I didn't expect a sequel, but I guess we got one, so maybe this one's fun too. Uh we have from Arrow Girls Night Out, a.k.a. The Scare Maker. Um, we have a Super Duper Special Edition 4K box for Escape from New York. Um, we have Slasher colon Flesh and Blood, which appears to be a Shudder original series. Um, 
If memory serves, my buddy, who I mentioned earlier, who I served as the uh, best man at his wedding, uh, during our downtime that weekend, I think he was showing me a, uh, a season of the Slasher series. Um, I don't know which season, but uh, apparently this is like an ongoing project where it's like every season it's like a new season-long slasher film essentially so i guess this one's called flesh and blood it's the most recent one uh we have another shutter film that actually i remember sending a trailer uh to kyle about uh because it looked like it could be some fun uh so this is death valley um and it's directed by matthew ninaber or ninaber um and for the life of me i can't recall the name of the fella but, oh uh, i can't recall the guy's name but i can remember why it was significant um the reason i sent the uh the trailer to kyle my regular co-host from catching up on cinema uh was because he uh was super hyped for the release of psycho Goreman, uh and uh he ran out and watched it pretty much as soon as it was available a while back um it just so happens the person who is wearing the monster costume in this death valley film uh, if memory serves, and again, I can't remember their name, uh, is the same person portraying the monster in this Death Valley film. Um, that's one of those weird details that would be important to me and probably no one else. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, we have our uh, requisite Bruce Willis title. Uh, it's required. We need to have one of these a month. This is A Day to Die, which uh, has some truly awful photoshopping on the cover in fact this was one of those covers that i uh i i have a friend who who does graphic design uh he, he's very talented at it. um so i make it a habit to uh forward really shitty cover art uh to him so he can barf on it uh this one's a candidate for one of the worst i've seen in a while uh just in terms of the quality of the compositing of the figures heads onto the bodies it's it's everybody looks like a fucking bobblehead um, and all the lighting is is like the light sources are incomprehensible. It's it's truly wretched. It's awful. Um, but I'm I'm well aware uh, of Bruce Willis's condi condition, so I'm not going to say anything uh, regarding the quality of the film itself. However, I I feel perfectly justified in pointing at that cover and laughing. Um, we have uh, from Raven Banner releasing. Uh, who have a extraordinarily limited catalog. I'm seeing only six entries here on uh, Blu-ray.com. Um, a Blu-ray release uh, looks to be... Um, I don't know if this is domestic, actually. It could be foreign. It looks like there's a lot of German uh, versions available, so I could be misrepresenting this. But um, this is a special director's edition Blu-ray of The Sadness, uh, which is currently streaming on Shudder. This is a... Uh, Taiwanese uh, horror film that was making a lot of waves. Uh, so this was this is a, a really big deal release to the horror heads out there. Um, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast again. Uh, he recently did, I believe, a micro review of this one. Um, I have not seen it myself, however, it is uh, thoroughly on my list. Uh, I will be getting to it eventually, and I believe Kyle uh, more than likely already has ran out and checked this one out because it, it, he has. Kyle has a running list of uh, contemporary horror movie releases that he's got to check out, and uh, this was very, very high on that one. Um, I didn't actually know this one was getting a physical release, uh, like kind of parallel to its uh, streaming uh, release in the U.S. Uh, and I think that's about it for that week. Uh, so I'm just going to skip on down to the next week. Um, and we have May 24th. 
Um, and right out the gate, again, we have our uh, 4K releases, and the first major one is Matt Reeves's The Batman on 4K. Uh, there's also a special edition uh, Steelbook, I think, through uh, Best Buy. Uh, go ahead and take your pick as to which you'd prefer. Uh, I will be purchasing this. Um, this movie is unexpectedly divisive. Um, and I'm not going to talk about it at length because I already fucking did that. Um, Kyle and I went nearly four hours talking about this fucking movie. Um, Kyle, uh, I, I love sharing this story. Kyle saw this movie in the theater, attempted to see this movie in the theater, and he ended up walking out one hour in. I have I've never walked out of a theatrical experience in my entire life, but that man he he had he had had enough. Like he was not happy with the Batman, and uh, only through the power of streaming, only through uh, the benefit of being able to pause and you know stretch your legs and have a little snack um, through an HBO Max viewing, was he able to complete this film for our you know very very long review of it. So I have to thank him for that. I have to tip my hat to him for actually coming back to the thing that hurt him so much. Um, but I I mostly like this movie. Um, I do think it has many, many flaws, uh, chief among them just being its, I don't know, its ideas being stronger than its, its uh, capacity for engaging its viewers like i i totally understand where kyle's coming from it can be deep it can be un, like disengaging at times um but i value this film for the ideas that it presents um and i'll just leave it at that if you want to hear more about my thoughts on the batman uh we got like three hours and 45 minutes worth of them so go go check out that episode um you're not going to check out that episode are you please do um Beside that, we have uh, X from uh, Lionsgate. Uh, this is only a Blu-ray, as far as I know. Um, and this is Ty West's most recent offering. And uh, this one was a uh, this one was another film that uh, Kyle uh, was very very hyped about. I think Brad was as well. Um, I actually don't know if Kyle has gotten around to watching this one, but Brad uh, ended up walking away from it maybe a little bit lukewarm like he, he wasn't overly impressed by this one uh, it's not really on my radar but the two of them the two horror heads uh among amongst our trio uh they they were very very invested in this one before it came out but um yeah not on ra my radar but it is it is a high profile release though so definitely worth highlighting uh we have the original Candyman on 4k from 1992 uh, this is, of course, the uh, Clive Barker written film uh, directed by Bernard Rose. Um, I think uh, I think it was Philip Glass did the score for this one. Uh, I quite enjoy this movie. Well, <laughs> enjoy is not the right word. I thought it was a quality uh, horror film. Uh, it has some elements that do get under your skin. Uh, it is fascinating. Some of the I don't know the social commentary that's present in this 1992 film, especially uh, regarding the neighborhood where a lot of the events of the story take place. Um, Tony Todd is, of course, wonderful in the titular Candyman role. Uh, not a 4K that I'm going to be picking up personally, but it's kind of cool that we're getting it. Um, we have a 4K release from Arrow uh, of Wild Things from 1998. Uh, this is a, you know, a high-profile, uh, mainstream erotic thriller. Uh, I don't know, it's like probably one of the 
the latter era ones because there was that stretch, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, where we were inundated with erotic thrillers and whatnot, but then they started kind of taper off a bit. And I want to say this is like one of the the last really, really, really big ones. Um, this is a this is also a big deal release, not for me personally, but there's a lot of people that are probably going to run out and grab this one on day one. Uh, we have a, a film that Kyle and I had reviewed previously on Catching Up on Cinema. This would be Toby Hooper's uh, Life Force, uh, Super Duper Collector's Edition on 4K from Shout Factory. Uh, this movie's a lot of fun. This is a canon film production, so it has that particular brand of fun. So it's a little bit sleazy. It's a little bit trashy. It's a little bit, a lot of bit dumb. Um, but Toby Hooper goes nuts with the visuals and the special effects. Uh, the concepts are all over the place. Uh, it's a wild film. I, I really enjoy it such that we reviewed it very, very early on, uh, in, in the history of catching up on cinema. Uh, we have Malignant on 4k from 2021. Uh, this is a Warner Brothers release. Uh, as far as I understand, uh, the Blu-ray of this actually dropped a long time ago. Uh, like last November, I think. Yeah, last November, uh, 2021. Um, so I guess uh, I guess it, it did pretty well on Blu-ray, or maybe it, the HBO streaming numbers for it were really good because uh, I wasn't expecting to get a 4K of this one, but hey, here you are. This is a... The James Wan film, again, uh, somewhat of a divisive title. Uh, some people think this is delightful fun. Uh, it's a good, good, solid horror f- film, but uh, some, some people think it's like over-the-top cheesy and silly in a way that's like, I don't know, it just doesn't sit well with them. I haven't seen it myself, but I've had all of it spoiled for me, so it's like I maybe I blew it on that end. But I, I think I would enjoy it. Uh, Kyle, on the other hand, I think he, like, based on what I know of it, I think he would think it's silly trash. That's like, I don't even know what the fuck we're doing anymore. Uh, Speaking of horror, uh, we have Studio 666 from Universal Studios. Uh, This is directed by BJ McDonald, but it's uh, heavily marketed as, quote, the Foo Fighters horror film. Um, As far as I know, all the band members uh, basically play themselves in this film. I've heard it's good, gory, fun. Um, but not much beyond that. So not a particularly substantive uh, horror offering, uh, but if you just want to see some blood splatter on the walls and some cool practical effects, uh, maybe it'll work for you. Uh, we have One Armed Boxer from 1972. This is a uh, Arrow release. Uh, it's a classic Kung Fu film, uh, one that I know very, very well by reputation, have not seen it myself. Uh, we have Patriot Games on 4K. This is the 30th anniversary edition uh, and it looks like it may have been released in the form of a, a Blu-ray box set previous uh, to this release, um, but this individual release may be new. Um, that was kind of a big deal. It looks like all the Jack Ryan films, by the way, are also getting individual 4K releases this week. Uh, we have RoboCop colon, the series from 1994, and this is from Liberation Hall which literally the only other title they have in their release catalog is a Steven Seagal film from 2009, A Dangerous Man. Quality offerings across the board. Um, this The RoboCop the series has always been a curiosity to me. I actually am old enough to remember the marketing for this. I never actually watched it, but I remember like the, I don't know, the guy that looked like a... F. Murray Abraham in that one Star Trek movie he had like the 
melt man face not not the melt man from robocop that's a little bit too gruesome for you know basic cable television but he, he looked like f murray abraham in that one star trek movie i remember that guy being all over the commercials for this show um but it was always curious to me it's like how do you take robocop like one of the most ultra violent movies of its day like mainstream films of its day and and make a like a basic cable television series out of it. um apparently the 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 truth of the matter is you 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 do it bad um I, I haven't heard much good about this apparently there's some decent ideas in there um oliver harper from youtube did a full full review of the entirety of robocop the series so i am familiar with what the contents of it but i don't know i didn't get enough out of that review to as much as a robocop mark as i am i i this is actually a little bit expensive and it it also doesn't look very good to me so i don't think i need this um we have a criterion release of mississippi masala from 1991 uh it looks like this is headlined by denzel washington kind of a big deal and uh ooh, charles s dutton is in there as well and this is a uh, directed by mira nair um who i am not familiar with but uh it, as we tend to say uh, on our catching up on blu-ray episodes uh, if it's part of the criterion collection it is probably worth your time um we have the burning sea uh from 2021 uh this is from magnolia pictures and this appears to be a norwegian film also magnet is involved in the uh distribution um yeah this appears to be a uh, oil platform disaster film from norway uh it's a new one to me. Um, we have the Pimini Organization uh, from Powerhouse Films. This is uh, uh, Indicator is the name of the uh, the distributor that uh, Brad has been keen on pointing out to me. Apparently, they're recently arrived in terms of their distribution of uh, physical media uh, in the United States. Uh, I believe they're from the UK. Um, but every month now we're, we're getting more and more of these indicator releases and uh looks like this is a box set a very handsome box set by the way that includes hunted assassin and uh moments uh the pimini organization very handsome box set um we have wow uh just kind of a lot of shit <laughs> i'm gonna jump on down to the next week because the rest of the week looks like kind of garbage uh so uh, May 27th and uh, May 31st. So I'll just uh, run down real quick. It looks like we have a bunch of Vinegar Syndrome releases uh, dropping on May 27th. Uh, Miami Connection on 4K. That was, The Blu-ray of that was one of their more high-profile releases. Uh, it was kind of a big deal a few years ago. Continues to be to this day. I'm sure this 4K will do quite well for them. Uh, Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Expect No Mercy starring well, co-starring Billy Blanks. Always happy to see him of and uh yeah that's it for 27 so let's move on down to the final uh entry in may 2022 um and forgive me if i if i do a sloppy job of pointing out like the vinegar syndrome and vinegar syndrome affiliate titles uh the way they tend to organize these is kind of a pain in the ass uh so we have uh for a few dollars more as well as a fistful of dollars both on 4k um those would of course be the sergio leone uh spaghetti western starring clint eastwood uh two out of the three uh of the 
um, Man With No Name trilogy, the last of which being, of course, um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which I wouldn't be surprised if it's also on here somewhere. I don't see it at the moment, but it could be like one of those licensing issues where maybe they don't have the rights to it. Um, looks like these got fairly high marks in terms of visual fidelity. And uh, yeah, these are put out by Kino. Um, usually they do a pretty good job. Uh, we have double indemnity on 4K. So this is a Criterion 4K uh, from 1944. Uh, this one is definitely going to do quite well for them. This is directed by Billy Wilder. Um, this has probably long been on a lot of people's lists. Uh, five out of five on Blu-ray.com in terms of image quality. So that's a pretty, pretty solid package. Uh, we have a Vinegar Syndrome release uh, of Death Wish 2 on 4K. Uh, I can't remember which Death Wish has Jeff Goldblum in it. Uh, maybe it's this one. Not positive. But I I've seen the first three of those movies. I, I think they got up to five. But three always stands out in my mind as the biggest, dumbest, and loudest of them. And it's like one of those things where it's like, how did we get here? <laughs> because the first film is as tends to be the case with a lot of these types of movies, radically different from where they would end up down the line. Um, Death Wish 2, I'm struggling to recall uh, the events of this one. I did see it at some point, but, uh, oh, looks like Larry Fishburne's in there. Cool. Uh, we ha Speaking of Brian De Palma, we brought him up earlier. Uh, we have The Untouchables on 4K, uh, multiple editions of this one. Uh, this is, of course, the uh, gangster's film, uh, based on the television series of the same name. Uh, this is written by David Mamet, among others. Stars Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, uh, Andy Garcia, Robert De Niro's in there as well. Um, kind of a big deal. Um, this movie's, a, I'm, I'm kind of up and down on this movie sometimes. Like, uh, I don't think it's, like, as a whole brilliant but it has some truly knockout sequences um and it's it's a fun watch for me just because like there, there's some like i don't know gratifying moments in there that you kind of get swept up in and, and the score has a lot to do with that um this is a uh, i, I want to say this was a ennio morricone score um i could be wrong on that uh, i actually don't have it in front of me but i my memory tells me he did the score for it that that lovely uh opening kind of like march um as well as like some of the horseback sequences have have a really special quality to them that that makes it very engaging but not overall like a a brilliant film but uh the the, the battleship potemkin staircase shootout sequence um some of the stuff involving like uh some of the shootouts and the later goings um robert de niro's performance as a whole a lot of fun. Also, I think this was the one that got Sean Connery his Oscar. I don't know if it was entirely deserved, um, but this is the one he got it for, as, as far as I recall. Um, we have Flesh Eater on 4K uh, from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, dig that cover art. Pretty pretty gruesome. We also have uh, Cloak and Dagger on 4K. It's kind of funny because I look at the uh, the cover art for this one, which has like a, a, a cartoon kind of quality to it. And I see this little kid holding a radio in a red coat, and uh, I can't help but think he looks like Kaneda from Akira. That's just me. That's me projecting, I know. But bear with me. I've been talking to myself for like an hour straight now. Uh, we have Thriller, colon, A Cruel Picture from Vinegar Syndrome. Also, forgive me if I'm rushing through a lot of the Vinegar Syndrome stuff. I tend to lean pretty hard on Brad uh, to know the ins and outs and like to have the scoop 
uh, about all the Vinegar Syndrome stuff and also about like just like drama about Blu-ray releases in general. He's really good about perusing the Blu-ray.com forums and digging up all the dirt and stuff. So uh, sorry if I don't have those details this time around, but, uh, you know, it's a solo offering. You get what you get. Uh, we have Alien Private Eye from Vinegar Syndrome from 1989. This film was uh, profiled on Red Letter Media. So I, I did mention that at the very top of the recording, that there does seem to be a lot of synergy uh, between some of those YouTube channels and uh, boutique distributors such as Vinegar Syndrome, among others. Uh, we have both Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You on 4K. Um, actually, her, I can't recall if it was the first or the second one, but one of these apparently is a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if it's both of them, but I seem to recall at least one of these actually being a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't seen either, but um, I'll have to poke Brad about that. Uh, we have 1776 on 4K from Sony Pictures. This is the 50th anniversary director's cut. Um, this is directed by Peter H. Hunt, and holy fucking shit, it got 5 out of 5 for picture quality. Uh, so if you're in store, like if, if you're looking for, you know, just straight up quality in terms of your visuals, maybe check that one out. Uh, we have Ilya Muromets uh, from Deaf Crocodile Films, which is apparently a partner label of uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Um, they, they look like people from 2015 from Yellow Veil Pictures. What else they got? Uh, that's not a name I've heard before. Um, I recognize the cover art uh, for the Midnight Swim. Um, but beyond that, uh, very limited catalog. Looks like they're fairly new on the scene. Uh, we have Born to Win from 1971 from Fun City Editions, which uh, I could be wrong, but uh, Brian uh, from the Movies for Life podcast, uh, Brian and Michelle, but mostly Brian in this case. Um, I seem to recall when we did our collaboration with him, uh, he, he was talking up uh, the Fun City Editions releases. Uh, I, again, I could be wrong, but he may be one of those, he may be doing a Vestron with it where he's like, if, if it's a Fun City Edition, I'm going to get it. Uh, but he sounded very, very, very happy uh, with their offerings up till now. Uh, we have The Mob from Canadian International pictures um also a very limited catalog for them i actually really really like the cover art for that one it's quite handsome i i love the color uh like the gradient effect on all the faces and stuff it's very very well put together uh we have a uh, anime title that i can talk about a little bit uh that would be dark stalkers colon uh, the complete OVA collection. So this is actually explicitly advertised as an OVA collection. This is from Discotech Media, who generally do a very, very good job in terms of image quality on their discs. Um, I actually would quite like to own this one because I remember the animation quality being quite good. Um, they did a really good job with the character designs, like matching it to the to the designs from the Darkstalkers video game series or the Vampire Savior, whatever you want to call it. Um, this one was kind of short and sweet, like I'm looking at right now, 160 minutes in total. So that's the entire series. Um, I remember enjoying this one quite a bit. I think I rented it from my local Blockbuster on VHS back in the day. Uh, one of those titles I wasn't sure if we were ever going to get a Blu-ray of, but hey, I'll take what I can get. Um, we have an AGFA release, which uh, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast is a big fan of. He's a big fan of the, uh, the AGFA. Uh, that would be a American Genre Film Archive. Um, this looks like it's uh, the films of Doris Wishman, 
colon, the twilight years. Uh, I don't know if Brad would be picking this one up because just based on the cast, I'm pretty sure this one is, you know, at least somewhat pornographic. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if Brad is interested in that particular Agfa release. But in general, uh, he's he's on board for a lot of Agfa stuff. Um, we have Video Murders from 1988, uh, Love and Saucers from 2017, Beauty Day from 2011. This is from Circle Collective, who. Man, there are so many boutique labels these days. It's actually impossible for me to keep up. Um, yeah, they, they have, like, you could count on two hands the number of releases they have. Oh, oh, I did good, though. Um, instead of glossing over this one, I did really good by clicking on it. So Beauty Day 2011 is directed by someone who I'm sure Brad would have quite a bit to say about. This is directed by fucking Jay Cheel, uh, who Brad is a really big fan of, apparently. Um, Jay Cheel... Uh, Again, this is me speaking for Brad. Uh, I think Brad had told me uh, he directs that Shutter series, uh, Cursed Films, and uh, he may have a couple of podcasts as well. But yeah, Brad's a big fan of this Jay, Jay Cheel fella. Um, I myself have not seen his work. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did good. I, I highlighted something that uh, Brad would probably be interested to know is out there. Uh, we have... A Criterion release of Chan is Missing from 1982. This is directed by Wayne Wang. And it's two cab drivers search San Francisco's Chinatown for the mysterious Chan who disappeared with their $4,000. Um, not a film I'm familiar with, but as we tend to say, Criterion, probably worth your time. Uh, we have The Ninth Configuration, which, uh, damn, that is a cover. I really dig that. It's from 1980. Uh, Shout Factory release, directed by William Peter Blatty. Uh, kind of a big deal. Uh, he was involved in uh, the Exorcist films. Uh, I believe he may have directed the third one, but he's I think he's the writer of The Exorcist. But uh, headlined by Stacy Keach. Uh, always a big fan of him. Uh, love me some Stacy Keach. Mike Hammer, all the way. Uh, what else we got here? Uh game of survival uh from culture shock releasing which is a partner brand or partner label for uh, vinegar syndrome could be wrong but this one also may have been a red letter media uh, review at some point um my god there is so much schlock this week i, <laughs> I hate the way they organize this um so i i think i'm gonna have to bail because there there's a lot of other vinegar syndrome affiliate titles being released this week Videophobia, No Resistance, Horror High, Mother Schmuckers. I don't think that's a Vineyard Syndrome one. That's from Dark Star Pictures. Um, and it looks like we also have a unexpected release of uh, Salvador from Sandpiper Pictures. Uh, this has been released previously on Blu-ray, but um, I think this is the first time uh, Sandpiper is putting it out. But this is a one of Oliver Stone's earlier films, uh, starring James Woods. Uh, I've heard good things, actually. Um, not about James Woods as a person, about the film. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it for uh, May 2022. So let's uh, let's do what we do, and this is going to be kind of boring because uh, it's just me this time around, but um, let's backtrack through the catalog here and uh, just cite any titles that uh, may end up picking up or renting at some point. 
so Darkstalkers, uh, the complete OVA series, I very well may be purchasing that one. Uh, I already have The Untouchables on Blu-ray. Uh, I like that movie enough that maybe I'd upgrade to the 4K, but I'm, I'm in no hurry. Um, and also, I'm not enamored with that film. I just like it. Um, sorry. Uh, the Batman. Matt Reese is the Batman. Yeah, I'll, I'll be getting that on 4K. Uh, the girlfriend hasn't seen it yet, and I haven't told her my opinion of it yet. Uh, so I'm actually really, really curious to see if she, like Kyle, hates it too. Um, it won't hurt me at all if that's the case. I, I'm actually just curious to, to hear other people's opinions about it because it's, it's rare that we have a Batman film that's like a mainstream superhero movie like this that's so utterly divisive. Um, but yeah, uh, Batman on 4K, definitely. I'll, I will be picking that one up. In fact, maybe I'll do that as soon as I'm done here. Uh, the Sadness, I will be watching. Uh, probably through Shutter though. I'm not going to blind buy that. Um, if if I'm getting a Shutter subscription, I may as well watch Death Valley and Cursed Films while I'm at it as well. Um, Extreme Prejudice. Uh, if I can get Brad to watch that one and give it give it a thumbs up for me, I'm going to run out and grab that. Like if he if he tells me it's good, I'm buying it. Um, but I got I got to get that I got to get Brad's blessing first. But everything on paper, including the cover is working for me so it has a lot going in its favor it's just i need to get brad to sign off on the park um <laughs> it's not just some weekend excursion um licorice pizza i'm not going to be buying it until i've seen it first um, but i really 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 want to see it um top secret also uh, i really really want to see that as well i'm a big fan of airplane and and just the zucker zucker brothers flavor in general i really miss that brand of comedy uh, the Killer Elite actually is on like my wish list. Like I, I, I'm ready to spend my money on it. I'm, I'm in a shut up and take my money situation with it. Uh, I just don't know where to get it just yet. Uh, Turn A Gundam the movies. Uh, I will be getting that as well. Uh, not the full length television series, but I will be getting the movies. Uh, I know that's probably blasphemy, but that's, that's how I'm doing it. Uh, Mega Zone Two Three. I already have. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm really excited to. The beta test. Jim Cummings is the beta test. Uh, probably not going to blind buy it, uh, but if I watch it and I really like it, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll probably buy that and The Wolf of Snow Hollow, uh, just because I think Jim Cummings is very, very talented, and I have found myself wanting to rewatch that one uh, a few times over the past year or two. Uh, Ghost in the Darkness is a maybe. Uh, it's only a maybe though so it's a it's a light maybe mm. obsolete that uh mecha anime um that's also a maybe it's on my wish list i haven't purchased it yet but i'm i'm thinking about it um and i think that's about it yeah i, I think that's about it for may 2022 but damn that's a that's a lot more maybes uh than than i've had in the past couple of months so i guess uh I guess the uh, disc distributors were holding back uh, and hoping for like the the May season, like being movie season for people. Um, also, uh, Double Dragon, the complete collection, the television series, the TV animation series that I did grow up watching uh, is being put out by Discotech Media on Blu-ray, uh, 1993 to 94. So it only lasted the one year. Yeah, it felt that way. But yeah, I watched <laughs> I watched a lot of that show. <laughs> um, I've 
I, I just need to toss that out there. Anyway, uh, that's about it for uh, the Blu-rays for uh, May 2022. Uh, so thanks for listening, folks at home. And again, uh, this is only made possible through the uh, wonderfully curated website, Blu-ray.com. So thank them or go patronize their website. They do a good job. Um, but in the meantime, if you'd like to catch up on any of our Catching Up on Cinema content, uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find us on the social media in the form of the Instagram at Catching Up on Cinema, as well as the Twitter at Catching Cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. And the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Seth, uh, Bitcade. Excuse me, Bitcade. Um, so fucking Google it. That being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.